say people choose to be unhappy, do you really think it is as simple as that? No matter what is happening to you, it's the matter of focus, of shift of what you're actually going to do with that, rather than seeing, oh, this is something negative. In simple terms, why do people have limiting beliefs? Well, it's just what they uh, learn, right? We have to actually unlearn all the BS, uh, which is short for belief system, of yeah, course. Yeah. I grew up um, in Germany, and um, I lost my dad when I was 10. Whoever they are, who's laughing now? Probably also what attracted my abusive relationship. There's haters' comments. I've had people attack me on live videos. Um, that's a, such a good question. I know, I'm, I'm that, prepared. Yeah, you, you honestly. <laughs> and guess who got an ace time? Freaking economics. Jasmine <laughs> did. Party, right? Um. No, I don't know. <laughs> You're obviously young, right? Thank you. Do you <laughs> I'm obviously big into personal development books, fucker. Um, no so way. <laughs> can't even believe no that. No way. <laughs> hey everyone, and welcome to another podcast series brought to you by Babylonia Media, Combining and Colliding. Combining and Colliding derives from our headline motto for the company as a whole combining and colliding ideas. And for me as the founder, this is really what it's all about. Combining and colliding ideas, experiences, concepts, and more to evolve our understanding of people and the world around us. Expect an organic conversation with every guest and hopefully some profound words of wisdom to take on board. We really hope you enjoy this. Have fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Combining and Colliding podcast, the latest in a set of flagship series of, from Babylonian Media. Combining Colliding derives from our headline motto and philosophy within Babylonian Media, the Combining and Colliding of Ideas, where we essentially collide ideas, opinions, experiences, individual perceptions, and see where it takes us. For this episode, I'm enjoyed by the beautiful, gorgeous, glamorous, and positively infectious character that is Jasmine Mank. Manker, actually, isn't it? Manker. Do I say Mank or Manker? Manker is good. Manker is good. Success coach, mentor of mentors, and entrepreneur who travels the world empowering women to be the best they can be and be the best versions of themselves through the Confident Boss Academy. Is that correct? That's correct. Brilliant. I've done my done my script. Thank you. Hi, how's it going? Appreciate it. Hello. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> no, thanks for being here. So, first question is, what's happiness, happiness to you? Ooh, that's such a good question. Happiness to me is definitely growth. Uh, we've just done um, an Unleash Your Power Within event by Tony Robbins for the last four days. And progress equals happiness, growth equals happiness. Because I think if we, we stop growing, we die. So we don't actually have that necessity of being there, of doing something of purpose. I think happiness is, is enjoyment of little things, big things. It doesn't really matter as long as we feel like we're moving forward. Good answer. Um, do you think most people are happy in this world? Or do you think we're in a... We're in a the reason why I asked that is because obviously, obviously it's personal perception to some extent, but you see people all the day and they come to you and they're obviously looking for something bigger. Do you, do you, do you worry for the world overall in the sense that a lot of people aren't happy or do you think it's actually better than what people, what's being put out there through the media? It's a good question, and I think it's definitely, you know, what you focus on expand, it will expand. So obviously my focus is on happiness, on growth, on abundance, of helping people, and what's positive and what is possible in this world. So I think my surroundings are very positive, and their growth mindset um, is, is always there. Um, and I actually am very um, tight on who I spend my time with and what I do and what I don't do. So in my world, um, there is a lot of positivity and I have a lot of people out there that are positive. But unfortunately, I do think overall um, there's too much unhappiness 
because people choose not to be happy and they choose to focus on what's not working, what's happening to them rather for them. So. But do you, do you say people choose to, to be unhappy. Do you really think it is as simple as that? Or do you think... Because I, w- I, always, I always wonder, there's so many outside variables in the world that contribute to you as an adult. Is it, it's, it's a balancing act, right? So, so choose, is choosing, what I would say is, is choosing to be unhappy a, f- a fair comment? Or why, why do you believe that so incessantly? I believe um, it's never a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. And uh, my personal story, I was in an abusive relationship um, where there was a lot of physical and drug abuse. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I know that I'm grateful for that now because it's made me a stronger person and I choose to use that as a positive part of my story, as becoming the victor of my story rather than victim. So no matter what is happening to you, it's the matter of focus, of shift of what you're actually going to do with that rather than seeing, oh, this is something negative. It's quite a statement. Um, (laughs) uh, What I would say is, what's the sort of, I guess it's a bit general, but what, what are the classic things that people come to you with? So um, I actually focus on one thing, one thing only, which is what we're best at, is helping female coaches, consultants, and service entrepreneurs online create six-figure businesses um, while following their passion. Mm-hmm. So um, as a business mentor, um, it, it's what we do best, is we help them take their idea from starting from a niche of creating a profitable niche that they're passionate about. And that could be anything. Uh, that could be essentially anything. I've got weight loss. I've got runners. I've got women who help other women uh, stop um, writer's block for comic books. Um, it goes oh, as wow, specific okay. as that. And I've got incredible dancers who help other dancers or running coaches, relationship, breakup, trauma. It's beautiful. And I get mm-hmm. to help these people and causing a ripple effect in this world by using my strategies that we teach at the Confident Boss Academy, them help their clients. Okay. You do also, I guess, mentor people, coaches as a whole. So I know you call it success coaching, right? So do you actually have that? You have that niche as well, you, where you mentor people who are trying to be specifically success, success coaches and help people themselves. Um, so you mean I help them build their business? Well, I know you obviously lead people to, to build their own business, mm-hmm. but specifically what you do, you also mentor people to do what you do as such, right? Is that, is that I correct? Don't, I don't necessarily help business coaches um, because I, I believe in helping what I... Well, essentially, if they're a business coach, um, then why are they coming to me for help? Because mm-hmm. they would have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. I believe that in they In theory, sh- but everybody needs someone, right? Or of course, of course. There's always a next level. Um, but I do actually believe in helping more women that have a spe- specific passion that they're not sure they can bring out, like life coaching mm-hmm. or you know relationship coaching. Of course, business coaching too, but um, it's not what I've specialized on. I mean, in, in my clients, you know, that's more of my speciality, like high ticket sales and, and webinars and funnels and all that stuff. Uh, that's what they learn from us. And if they choose to go into that direction afterwards, sure. Yeah, but so I you're, you're really open to what people do afterwards. It's more about only on certain mm. values, principles that you think will help. I'll give you a good example um, to clarify. So basically, I started out overcome fear and gain confidence because I wasn't a business coach to begin mm. with because I didn't have the clients. But my business exploded and I got so many clients and did really well that I kind of shifted and um, pivoted into the direction of a business coach because that was the natural next step because people kept asking me. There was demand. So I created this uh, supply for it. I know you talk about limiting beliefs quite a lot. Yeah. Why, I guess in simple terms, why do people have limiting beliefs? 
Well, it's just what they uh, learn, right? We have to actually unlearn all the BS, uh, which is short for belief system. Obviously, if you focus on negative things, uh, that's what you're going to attract more. And then you have limiting beliefs because you obviously, um, as you grow up, if your family keeps, um, you know, fighting over money or they're fighting over certain things, and you mentioned also your family, um, you know, you might have a limiting belief from that without mm -hmm. noticing. You know, subconsciously, we, we attract those beliefs because that's what we build references to because of what happened in real life. It could be such a simple thing, like your neighbor, you know, said something to you and you take it personally. Um, like everybody's against me because, you know, uh, they forgot me in one thing and then you make it this massive thing and then you create a limiting belief around it. Do you, do you think to really sort of excel in life, you have to have a, a, a mix of being quite emotionally intelligent but also quite thick-skinned? And do you, know, do you know what I mean by that? You have, to, you have to, you know, understand that the outside world has a lot of, I guess, bullshit, that okay. the other version of BS. Yeah. That, that, that you, there's, no, there's no point of taking it on board. It's too much. But at the same time, be, be conscious of, of what you're hearing and what, and what you're speaking about so it actually propels you forward. I appreciate that comment. And um, so I, was, I grew up um, in Germany, and um, I lost my dad when I was 10, uh, my 10th birthday. And then... I actually got really bullied at school and that's when my belief was formed that uh, I'm fat, I'm ugly, people hate me, uh, nobody wants to be my friend, I don't belong, I'm not loved, mm -hmm. uh, which probably attracted... Whoever they are, who's laughing now? Yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. Actually, I have people applying for my internship now, so that's oh, really? kind of hilarious. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but, but yeah, so... No, but it, it's probably also what attracted my abusive relationship. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when you lose the self-worth and you have that lack of confidence in yourself, guess what you attract? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why it also brings back to the lack of resourcefulness, what they're focusing will expand. So if you're in there and you keep playing the same song, same story, that's what you're going to attract. But by being thick-skinned, um, I had to learn that because I was definitely not thick-skinned. And even now, I'm a very emotional, sensitive person. Um, my team can laugh for sure because I don't want to deal with the comments anymore. If, you know, there's haters' comments. I've had people attack me on live videos. Really? And I hear from everyone. So it's not just you. And what we can do is be compassionate and realize hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. All we can do is send them love. Yeah, that's a great phrase, hurt people, hurt people. I think that makes so much sense. And as soon as you start to uh, understand that, you get much less bothered about them if, you, if, if it comes your way. And it's okay to be bothered about it. It's okay to, to you know, feel, because I'm a huge, huge fan of not, you know, feel the fear and do it anyways. I think that is completely BS, to be honest, because it's not going to go away. It's just going to put more um, on your on your on your heart and in your head and then at one point you'll explode so yeah, i think yeah. it's okay to feel feel upset about it but letting it go faster and making peace with it um is just key i think so, to success so what so emotionally sort of acknowledge the process yeah. and then you sort of accept that you're gonna you're gonna have a moment where you're not happy about it but you'll go yeah, through it quicker pretty much you know yeah. i'll say look okay this has happened what am i making this mean because we attach meanings right mm -hmm. another form of belief well, what meaning am I attaching it? Overall, if we generalize, everything is shit. No, it's not. Yeah, you know, yeah, this yeah. one person was hurt. Okay. You know, I reach out to them and I send them a voice me the message after and I tell them, look, I'm so sorry, whatever you're going through. Yeah. I've been there. People who are rude to you. Oh, yeah. I will, I will call them out on my live videos and I'll send them love for sure. And I'll, yeah. I'll even have a conversation. I'll ask them. Uh, has that developed before into maybe even a client or, or Oh, yeah, a for sure. I've had people sign up after because they were that moved. Because I'm not, I'm the kind of person who, when there's conflict, there's two types of people. 
contract and then this one person who just like goes and storms there which mm-hmm. is me right mm-hmm. can't think of the word but you know what i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you go yeah. all in that's basically me when i see conflict or something which isn't always the best solution but i'm just that type of person i'll i'll head in there and i see what's going on yeah, how can yeah. i help we need is love yeah why do you think uh, coaching is is so popular um that's a, such a good question i know i I'm yeah, yeah you, you honestly <laughs> even with the happiness um and coaching i think because um we are normalizing um the whole mental health um mm-hmm. social media uh, there's a lot of artists as well um, online, even Jennifer Lopez, who's absolutely incredible. She talks a lot about mental health. There's more stars. There's more in-media stuff. So people are getting more known to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's become a trend, right? Um, yeah, it's, de- it's, it's definitely growing faster in the past five years since the sort of growth of social media, absolutely. Even yeah. though it's been around for yeah. forever, really. Yeah, I think social media has accelerated it because, again, we know more about it, right? And um, especially now with the pandemic going on, everything's shifting online, which is you know great for people to the now. You know, if you can't go outward, you have to go inward. So mm-hmm. it's great for reflection and, and you know mental and, and personal growth. So yeah. you you um you've met Tony Robbins quite a few times, right? Yeah, he's obviously the king of the whole coaching world. I guess would he your? It, it, there's a two point question to that. I'd say number one is why did you get into coaching overall and was he a big inspiration did you catch a couple videos and you were like okay this is what i want to do or was it more of a source a personal source and then you start to discover it four years ago 2016 um i went home from my hedge fund nine to five boring job in rainy london Mm -hmm. knightsbridge um and I realized that I wanted to do something different. And I decided to start a coaching certification with a Facebook ad. There was a Facebook ad for it. And that's how it all started. I was mm-hmm. like, coaching certification. Okay, you know, I can can do that when I'm older and I'm pregnant, sitting at home, you know, I don't know, 50 bucks an hour kind of job yeah, on the yeah. side. You know, I had no idea I was going to build a seven-figure empire mm-hmm. at that stage. I did mm-hmm. not understand the power of coaching at all. And then all of a sudden, I went to Mod 1. I've never even heard of Tony Robbins before at that stage. Right, okay. And went to Mod 1 um, in Earl's Court at the Marriott or something, stepped into the room for my first coaching, you know, certification, whatever, module weekend, and I realized that that was just what I was meant to be doing. It just hit me like a bus, you know? Was this one of the, the sort of massive conferences with thousands of people, or was it quite a small one? Um, it was like 200 people um, for coaching certification, right, like okay. just to learn to become a coach, because mm-hmm. I thought it'd be good for a leader, leadership position in the corporate world, because sure. I didn't believe that I could be successful without climbing the corporate ladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you see my beliefs under there as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and that's what I was taught. You know, I didn't think you can do something you love and be successful and be abundant and actually have fun. Like that just didn't go together for me. And then I realized, okay, damn, like I can actually do this. There's like people in there and I know all the answers. I don't know where I know the, the answers from, but I felt like I was the one who kept on raising my hand and just, that was just me. And then I realized that that's what I wanted to do. And I never felt in my entire life before that I actually loved doing something. And I think that was one of my biggest fears is actually not enjoying 100% what I do. Because, you know, there's so many people right now, they ask me, like, I'm so lost, Jasmine. I don't know what I want to be doing in life. Probably why I'm so passionate about helping women yeah. find their passion. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and that, that it's okay to do that as well. Um, 
And and then three years later, um, I already built my business. I split up with my boyfriend. I quit my job within 24 hours, left the country, went on traveling, all this like, you know, stereotypical, but I actually did that. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know what I want to do for my birthday. You know, I... I stopped drinking alcohol. I stopped, you know, all, all like negative habits and mm-hmm. like really focusing on my mental health and happiness and remember like growing and all that. And then I saw Tony Robbins. I was like, okay, I always wanted to go to Miami. And when you say had, you saw what you saw online, an ad or something like yeah, that. Yeah, YouTube, mm-hmm. something like that. Like people kept talking about it. So I was like, you know, because I was in that industry. I was already doing my coaching mm-hmm. business. Um, and, and it was over my birthday. I didn't know where to celebrate my birthday, where there was a party, because, you know, I like to party, right? Um, no, I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about what you're talking about. So I love to dance. I love to be around positive people. And, and you I dance. Like, I, d- I didn't know you And dance. you didn't? No, oh, I didn't. Check out my YouTube channel. Okay, I yeah. <laughs> but basically, I, um, I, yeah, so I went, I went to this event, it was 7,000 incredible people that mm. also didn't drink, but there was a party and there was personal development over my birthday sure. in Miami. So I was like, amazing. That's what I'm going to do for my birthday. Went to the event and then decided on the second day that I'm going to sign up for the Platinum Partnership. So I ended up doing 16 events in 12 months, the entire 2019. Yeah. So that's my Tony Robbins story. And then from then on, it's just been an upward trajectory, really. Yeah. Exactly, because I immersed myself, and thank God I did it last year with so much travel, you know, because now yeah, 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not so good. <laughs> not, so, not so good. How, how's it been for you, the whole COVID thing overall? I guess you can obviously coach online and that sort of thing, but is it, has it been a drop? Uh, I'm not so concerned about the income, I guess, but I mean more, has it caused more, I guess, has it surprised you people who are struggling in, in, a, in a different way now? So um, there's been a lot more fear of uncertainty from the clients and prospects we're speaking to. There's a lot of concern uh, mm-hmm. because obviously they, it has affected them. My business has always been 100% online. All my employees, we're all online. We're from Asia to Europe to US to everywhere. It didn't really affect us. It actually brought us closer because now everybody's home, which was cool. Um, and now we actually connect and communicate even more. So it was quite fortunate in that way. Um, it allowed me to reconnect with other people as well that I didn't reconnect before. Um, one of my team members from Berlin, we, we just reconnected. Uh, we went to school together when we were 12. Now I hired her as an integrator because, yes, <laughs> yes, Vivi over there. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the studio live. Um, so now she gets to spend more time with me, was uh-huh. able to quit her nine to five job, following her passion as well, bring her onto the business because we're so busy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in that way, it has been a positive effect um, to our company as well, um, because we get to actually help people. And in a way, I mean, of course, I'm, I'm very sad um, for, for the, all the losses. Um, I mean, I, I know what that feels like, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. in the end, it's, it's what are we going to do with this situation? Yeah, you know, um, and Tony actually made this reference. Um, you know, the door is closed now, and we either going to try to keep on opening that door over and over again or we just decide to open a new door and go that way because that's the way the world is headed this is a new beginning this is the new normal um and how can we adopt to that yeah do, do, you, do you think people in general are actually i mean this is not the only reason why i've done babylonia but it definitely pushed me on to, to get on with what i really want to do do you, do you see that happening a lot a hundred percent because now they're quote-unquote forced because they've been laid off mm-hmm. that's why i always 
I always preach that before. I'm like, look, don't wait before it's too late. And now you're forced to make money because yeah. then you come from luck rather than from abundance of like, sure, I sure. want to be doing this on the side and I'm going to you know, replace my income and do this slowly and gradually. Mm -hmm. Now they're like, okay, there is no income. Let's make this happen now. I, I guess that, that feeling of your back against the wall is sometimes essential. And yeah. for me, for me especially, I've had to force myself to feel like my back's against, against the wall, even though maybe it's not. And I, find, I find that so interesting that now it's people are actually doing what they want because they've got, they've got no choice. Um, I think it's, it's a type of character. I mean, for me as well, I quit my job and left my boyfriend, left the apartment within 24 hours and just packed up my life. Um, and and that's that's me and maybe you too in that sense it helps us some people it does freak them out because it does take a very strong type of personality to do that not not because they're not strong but because they have a different type of, of dealing with these kind of stressful situations well also I guess safety nets are there yeah. which yeah. it's just too comfortable it's like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of there's a particular phrase which is something along the lines of uh, ease is sort of the biggest threat to progress which I think is so, so interesting because it's it's so true, and I felt it so many times before. If I feel I've got a safety net or security, it doesn't. It st it, it stagnates you, and stagnation is also on top of that. I mean, I know Tony Robbins talks about this. You need progress. If you don't have progress, you're not really satisfied, and you get this sort of mundane lifestyle. I, that's what I think is so great about the coaching in particular is that, is that it does push people to truly sort of be the best version of themselves and and do what they want to do. You talk about positive thoughts only. Uh, uh, yeah. My question is how, because I don't, I, th I think we talked about it, you know, in a little bit when you were saying, when I was saying be thick skin so you could ignore the sort of bullshit outside, the outside world that doesn't help you. But do you, surely a lot of people come to you and say, how is that even possible? What, what, what's your answer there? Yeah, so definitely not positive thoughts only, but we can choose to focus on it as sure. much as possible. So if you have a negative thought, um, you have around 17 seconds where you get to choose to have a new thought, to ha actually attract a higher frequency. So just a quick law of attraction 101 um, mm -hmm. is, you know, what you focus on expands. Um, in case, you know, some of our listeners don't know what that means. It's, it's something that is true. It's like the law of gravity, whatever. You know, whether you want it or not, it, it just works. <laughs> so basically, um, you can choose again. So if you have a ne negative thought, um and you keep thinking it it will manifest it will just show up in your life it's like you know the, the classic example with, with one type of car and then it shows up everywhere right mm -hmm. so um wh when you have a negative thought and you keep focus on it focusing on it you have to make that choice because it might be the same thought like oh things are not working out for me uh, replace that with yeah it will work out and it happens for me and it will work out it will work out and you keep on focusing on that and then you shift your energy Do you I mean, just, just sort of elaborating on that point, I know that you have a master's in psychology, neuroscience, that sort of thing, but a lot of coaches don't. I was reading, when, when we sort of agreed to do this, and I was reading through elements of the coaching industry as a whole, and obviously you, um, the, I guess, negative aspect that all, or the criticism of the coaching world that people have is that obviously you're not qualified, well, not necessarily you, but some people aren't qualified to assess psychological aspects of people. Is that improving with regards to is there more regulation or, or maybe requirements needed within the coaching world is there elements of when you get your certificate you have to assess that and and i guess where do you think even that the industry can improve to really get good there because i definitely think if i was to be to look at sort of gaps in that industry that's that would be a bit that sort of worries worries me a little bit 
Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, I think that definitely worries a lot of people. So remember back when I said, you know, when I take on clients and I kind of, in my module, I make it pretty clear that they should focus on something they have experienced and have helped somebody with. Mm -hmm. That's why I always say, you know, business coaching, okay, but if you're not just starting to because I help newbie coaches. You know, my, my, my first offer of joining the Confident Boss Academy is helping them get their first clients. Mm -hmm. So if they come up with, hey, I want to be a business coach, I'll say, well, I appreciate that, but you haven't really mastered that yet. Not because I'm being annoying, but just because I want them to feel 100% aligned with what they teach. So then I ask them, well, in your life, what have you helped somebody overcome yet? So I know you asked about certifications. Um, I personally, I'm a big fan of, you know, going to university and getting the certifications for my for myself. Um, I don't think necessarily everybody, I mean, Tony Robbins hasn't done a certification. Yeah, he did not go to university. He didn't even finish school properly, you know? Yeah. So, um, but he, he is particularly unique. Right? Yes. Yes, like, of course. And that, that's, that's my bit now that it's such a major industry. Yeah. Where, where do you think we can home it in? So people can recognize certain psychological traits and go, actually, no, I can't be coaching you right now. Cause perhaps you need to actually go see a psychotherapist or whatever. Oh, okay. So um, the difference between coaching and psychotherapy, I always like to say also to my clients when they assess whether they want to be working with their clients is coaching is from taking somebody from functional to optimal. Mm -hmm. Anything under functional where they're like, you know, posting on their status like 101, you know, I'm having XYZ thoughts, they're definitely not functional and they should be, you know, obviously getting and seeking different type of help like a therapist or so. Do you get to have to recognize that? Or do you really think, think it's an instinct that you just have to learn? Um, you do kind of see whether they're a victim mentality in terms of like things are happening to me and they kind of feel like they are not in control over their situation. Mm -hmm. So it is a certain pattern of thoughts as well. And you can just kind of, you can just tell by the type of things. Because when you do breakthrough calls, like I like to call them, you know, to see whether they're a good fit for the program, mm -hmm. my enrollment coaches or myself, uh, when I used to do the calls, uh, we will see what type of person that is um, by asking specific types of qualifying questions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, do you think education creates, well, current conventional education creates limiting beliefs? I do, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. my, okay, I can give you an example. I was in school um, with Vivi over here, and the Hi teacher <laughs> the teacher told me that um, I'm, uh, I'm never going to be able to get a good grade in economics um, because I'm German and I might not be as advanced as the other British guys because I, I did my A-levels, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And guess who got an A-star in freaking economics? Jasmine Because <laughs> I was pissed. Jasmine <laughs> I was like, oh, watch me. So, you know, I, thank God it shifted in a positive way. But mm -hmm. I could have also been like, oh, okay, you know, I'm just not that good. So, so you got it. told because you're German, you wouldn't be good at economics. That's that, that well, stereotype sort of it was seems the bit, opposite, really. Yeah. And, and again, you know, I might have taken it that way. It mm -hmm. might have been my perception that that's what he meant. It might have been completely wrong. And I'm happy to take responsibility for that too you know mm -hmm. it might have not been what he meant but the way i perceived it and like someone else might have it could have been that was the case to then create limiting beliefs another example was um do you remember of mice and men I do. I do. <laughs> so we had to read that book and i i mixed around two words that um, was uh i feel that that was, was like GCS, english GCSE or a level yeah i remember back english. in yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. i remember that <laughs> and i mixed two words empathy and apathy uh -huh. And that was definitely because I was German and language, English is not my first language. And I really, I didn't get an A star in this exam just because I missed that one word and I got a B. 
Mm-hmm. And then they basically told me that you know the structure oh, so did was. You get a B. I mean, no, but <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, no, but that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> but um, basically, I didn't get. Um, I didn't follow the structure, and I was always taught. So that created a massive writer's block for me, because I felt like I wasn't doing it the right way. The right way, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. now I love videos and talking because I know that's you know what I can do, and I can freestyle. Mm-hmm. When it comes to writing, even now, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, of course, but but I mean, as you, as I'm sure you've learned, essentially failure or trial and error is essential. Yes, of course. It's it's, it's the most important thing. What what do you, I guess, now that you've learned so much in in uh, your short time on this earth, um, <laughs> what what do you feel should be included in education that you've learned at later stage in your life that's really improved you? Leadership, mm-hmm. probably you know how like an accountant course. <laughs> Just, just so you can you learn how to pay tax. <laughs> no, but seriously, something like something more more tangible mm-hmm. and also more specific to what type of job they actually want to be doing. Do, do you think you can learn uh, learn leadership though, or, or it's natural? I, I had this conversation with someone the other day, and like I I truly think you can learn to how to do anything. But some people think leadership is is a sort of not God given uh, talent, but definitely something you're born with. Um, I mean, could you imagine me as an accountant? Uh, very enthusiastic accounts. Yeah, oh, the yeah, numbers yeah, yeah. are looking great, you yeah. guys. <laughs> you don't have to pay tax this year. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, but you basically, you, ca- you can learn leadership, mm-hmm. but is it really your natural way of being? Is it that sustainable? Is it the best fit for your character? Yeah. You know, that's what I personally think. So, well, so, so just obviously, probability-wise, not everyone's going to be a leader. Mm-hmm. But at the, same t- at the same time, you don't think people can... Like, I think it's so potentially gratifying if, if you do learn to lead people because you see so much and everybody goes through that you don't you think that's just not for everyone I think I think everybody can be um, and be great at leadership um, but I'm just thinking is that really sustainable not everybody wants to be yes, and I yeah. think they should focus on what they want and what their strengths are rather than focusing on improving their weaknesses which is a very bold statement mm-hmm. but you don't have to only be focusing on all your weaknesses if they're not holding you back you can can focus on your strengths and then outsource the rest, right? Like, I know yeah, how yeah. to do Facebook ads and pixels and all that stuff. It's not my favorite thing to do. That's why mm-hmm. I have somebody full-time right now doing that, which she loves. Mm-hmm. So... Did you... At, but at first, when you are sort of on your own, you had to learn a, be yeah. a bit of sort of a jack or jill of all trades, right? That's that's what I... That's why in the Confident Boss Academy, I, I want them to teach... I want to teach them everything from scratch so that they are not dependent on me. I don't want them to need me. I want them to know everything from scratch so they can do it on their own because as the boss, you know, you have to know what's going on. You have to know the numbers. You need to know a little bit of everything starting out. I mean, when you're opening a restaurant, it doesn't matter if you're the boss. You, you have to take out the trash if the trash is there. You have to clean the toilet. You know what I mean? Literally, that's that's how you start. That's what I. That's my kind of work ethic. You just The work is there. Let's get it done. You know, I'm always going to be that hands-on. But at some point when you scale... It is advised that you outsource and hire um, because then you get get further faster, right? Yeah, no, I get that. I, and you, um, you only help women, yeah? Right now, yeah. Right now, what? Well, I guess why? Why? <laughs> I, I, I would, I would not that I'm against it at all. I think it's a great, great thing to do. But why? Um. So. It's a good question. And I mean, my, my first client, actually, he was a doctor from Chicago. And Ooh, he, he was, he. yeah, he was oh, you a doctor. Differently. Okay, he, <laughs> he was a doctor from Chicago and I helped him set up his website and his whole like branding and business kind of stuff. 
for his coaching business, also from my coaching um, certification. Sure. We did a little role play, and then that was my first um, client, you mm -hmm. know, because he loved the way I coached. Mm -hmm. So I personally have shifted into helping more female coaches and consultants because it creates a safe space for women specifically, and I want them to be able to use the masculine and also the feminine energy. I mean, it is just a fact. I do think women and men, you know, I believe in equality and all that, but we're just different the way we think. Yeah, and absolutely. that's not a problem, but it's just... Yeah, I agree. It's not, it, not a problem it, at all. It's just the way it is, and I want them to feel safe. And, you know, like, you know, I was bullied at school. Mm -hmm. I've never had that safe space with women. I've never had that. So I believe in, if it doesn't exist, create it. And that's why I've created that safe space as a community of being able to really feel like there is no judgment. There is no kind of shaming, blaming, or anything. I'm very strict with that. Um, and I just feel like it's a it's it's a nice way. Of course, you know, it's easier to just target one gender. Also yeah. for branding and marketing purposes, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I just felt aligned and called to do that. And who knows what the future... I've actually had a couple of one-on-one -on -one private clients where we've built like 75K masterminds. But that's going to be a completely different conversation to somebody who's just trying to get their first 5K month. You know? mm -hmm. So that's a whole other story. What, you know, when you said uh, some people come to you to masterminds what what would be within your mastermind what, what are you trying to do there if you, if you could do that um with the private clients yeah with the private clients yeah um that's that's more like a fun thing for me to be honest it's like oh. on the side like if somebody comes to me and they're like hey i need this can you do this i'll check with my team and see do i want to do it okay, um fun. and um can we do it can we actually get the results because i'm really big on 100 i'll do like a consultation i i see can i actually help them and then yes what's required and how much is you know is makes sense for them and for me and for my team of course and then then we we, we basically create it for him or her have you had people who come to you almost begging you to to work with them but you just don't have anything to offer have you, have you had that quite a few times um i've had that a couple of times um it's not that we don't have something to offer but sometimes it's about um does it make sense um for for their time and my time sure and also is it feasible you talk about um <laughs> being clear on desire being clear on desire yeah what, what does that mean uh, well, knowing what you want, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. And, how, and how do you get there, I guess, is a good question. Um, well, I guess that's a conversation to have with yourself and yourself only. And I love that because I've been spending a lot of time with myself in yeah. my own mind of asking myself, what do I really want? We've just shifted um, actually into a more spiritual um, situation, into more spiritual um, direction. We've just shifted into more spiritual direction, focusing on, like you said, desire and, and feminine energy as well, but also having the masculine structure. Um, and I think knowing what you want is just really important to actually think about what you want, not what you think you should be wanting. Like, you know, me taking that corporate job, thinking that's the only way and making my family proud, but actually thinking what do you personally as an individual want? Without other people's opinions, you know, because sometimes we just ask for too many opinions that we forget to really connect with our own opinion. Mm -hmm. Do you, this is a tricky question, but I, I reckon you've got good insight to it. Do you think people really struggle with understanding like what happiness is? And what I mean by that is, is I do think sometimes you, I mean, I, I even literally had this yesterday. I was like, I'm really pleased with where I'm going right now. I'm like, this is a new feeling. And then you sort of get into your, your safety me mechanism or your brain sort of says this is something new therefore you know what what's going on here so that's that's the way i'd illustrate it i love that question and i'm really 
that you're going where that Thank you're happy you. where you're going you. i love that that's really beautiful and i think that's something actually everybody should and even if you're listening to this right now it's okay to be proud of where you're going it's okay to acknowledge it's not bossy or you know selfish or something mm-hmm. um but actually being excited i'm also very excited where i'm going so high five to that <laughs> yay <laughs> but i think it is actually a good piggyback question <laughs> to my my answer before it's actually knowing what does happiness mean to you and i remember that was the first question on this podcast right is asking what does happiness really mean to you and i had to think for a second right because yeah. because i would hope so that you have to think yeah no but i love your questions and i love tricky questions because it brings me out also out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. uh, which i'm a huge fan of, of too yeah it's essential getting out of your comfort zone is essentially the only way you progress exactly so equals happiness right okay. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so um i think it's important that people actually recognize um what happiness means to them individually by not taking my definition of happiness your definition or someone else's or their neighbor's cat's dog whatever definition yeah, of happiness yeah. but their own definition of happiness which, which for you i know obviously you said your sort of broader term but in the, like personally what what was it that you identified when you first went on that journey about what was really going to make you happy um well i think growth and definitely love and connections are huge for me i'm a i'm a relationship so, so hence why now you're helping people to such a such a big part of what you do yeah and i just really love that connection i love seeing other people happy like yeah you're I'm, definitely a people person that's for yeah sure. i just really enjoy that it just feels so i just feel excited when i know i genuinely helped somebody and really helped them change their life and then the ripple effect is so much bigger than we even realize in the moment yeah totally agree with that you see it on social media when it's when if there is something positive that tends to get more virality than should we say the more superficial stuff that that comes out there which is which is really good to see on on the social media point i mean what's your what's your general point of view of it that i really think at the moment it worries me as much as there is some great positivity out there there's a lot of crap essentially overweighing it do you you get the same feeling unfollow yeah Yeah, it sounds it sounds sounds kind of unbelievable but i don't spend that much time on social media yeah what's well, so, so essentially use it for the right reasons yeah let use social media don't let it use you basically and i create my content uh we batch content my team posts it so i'm very grateful for that so i'm not actually the Thank one you team again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously i think it's so good to know as well because some people look on my social media on my facebook my youtube my instagram and they think i'm all doing it by myself i'm like i'm not and i don't want you to think that i am because it's not realistic even now we're like we're eight people i was saying this earlier we're eight people and we still have a lot of stuff to do mm-hmm. it's about you know reducing the white noise and being more productive and you know focusing on efficiency but in in the end social media can be a beautiful tool if you know how to use it and not let it consume you i recommend unfollowing and i focus on feeling a lot you know if this doesn't feel good to me i will unfollow or mute their posts if you don't want to unfollow um a family member or something mute their story and posts just don't consume what it's negative do, do you almost regulate yourself with the amount of time you spend on it are you, are you that rigid with it or i, I don't have the time <laughs> i just it's like i don't know i mean I, I my friends will text me like oh yeah have you seen the story and i'm like no oh, no yeah, i notice you're not paying attention to my post anyway, sorry that's a separate point <laughs> let's put that on the to win list <laughs> um, i just want to speak to you about when you talk about co- coaching is a funny one because obviously you consider it success coaching right but uh, people talk about life coaching and then, and then you've got business coaching but that, if it is all under a, a sort of umbrella as such of an industry you're obviously young right thank you do you, <laughs> you look, look great do you 
I guess what I'm asking to you is, do you get clients older than you? And, and is there sometimes a, a pretense or, or an apprehension about the fact that you're younger? Therefore, how, how can this person really, really effectively help me? I love this question. This is such a good question. So I started out when I was 21. Okay. And in case you were all wondering, so how old is she? I'm 25 now. So, you know, I'm turning 26 very soon. But I used to struggle with the limiting belief that I am too young. Mm -hmm. So guess what I attracted? People on the phone saying, so how old are you? What are the certifications? I was mm -hmm. kind of like, and that's when you ask me about education. Sometimes it's more important to have the experience, the life experience, rather than the education, I think, personally, to be honest. It's good to have both. Mm -hmm. It's good to have both. But sometimes the experience of actually helping a person is, is so much different than the book knowledge, right? That's why we say, you know, librarians should be gazillionaires, but they're not because they're not taking the action. Right? right so okay. they know everything but knowledge is not power execution is you know so actually doing it so thinking about that it actually leads me to um my own mindset of knowing i am good enough and then i saw somebody who was 19 was more successful than me and was doing exactly the thing i'm like i'm definitely not too young and that just clicked something for me it was my own limiting belief that was attracting these types of clients and when somebody does ask me which actually hasn't happened ever since in the last four years i actually ask them look here are the results you know results speak louder than what i'm saying yeah, listen 100%. to my clients yeah, yeah, yeah. look what they're saying do you want to get clients do you want to have a six-figure business that you love mm -hmm. or not mm -hmm. and if you don't that's totally fine but I have found a strategy. I have the, the, the recipe to your success. And if you want to know more about it, let's talk. Okay, so it, proof is in the pudding, essentially. It's an execution. So you can, and once you stop, but in the early days, you did have that. And, I did. And did you, I guess, have a few people who had to take a bit of a chance on you in, in, the, in the sense of when you were a bit of an unknown quantity? I guess because then it was more like one-on-one, -on -one, I had way more time to really spend with them. Mm -hmm. So they would still get in great results because otherwise, I mean, as you can tell, I have a very high standard for myself. Mm -hmm. So I would, you know, if they didn't get the results right away, I would focus on, okay, well, what should they be doing? But it's also a fine line between, you know, you are the coach and you can only advise what to do. They have to execute it. It's not your responsibility for them to let's say do the work because I can't sit next to them even though sometimes I really wish I could just sit next to them and just post the things that I'm telling them to do mm -hmm. it's it's their their decision and sometimes they have to go through that process and learn right like you said the most successful people they failed more than you know I have or anyone else um, you know because they've just tried so many times yeah, I totally agree. it's part of the learning experience yeah, I, I totally agree you're talking about execution what do you think is the biggest hole in executing and what, what I mean by that is if I could illustrate it in my own experience is it took a hell of a lot I always knew even for example with this but I really wanted to do it for a long time but putting pen to paper and actually executing it is is almost the sp is the space of years what do you think really stops people actually executing in the first place um there's apart, really apart from limiting beliefs because that's that's an obvious one but, yeah but if you get Com past that what what's next to really e execute complexity yeah complexity is the enemy of so, in, well, in, in the sense of making it more complex than it needs to be? Yeah. Okay. Overthinking it, fear of the unknown. Because you know when you like, you know what you're going to do, like actually taking a piece of pen, and a piece of pen, a piece of paper and a pen and writing down everything that needs to happen from A to Z to outcome. Mm -hmm. And then you can rearrange it, take another piece of paper and just make it really clear. 
And then, you know, when are you going to do what? What can you do and what can you outsource? And then it's not that complicated. It's just because it's all in our heads and yeah, we don't yeah, take time to write it down. It's complex, right? Yeah, we can't literally see. writing it down is, it sounds like the simplest thing, but it is, it but is don't essential. don't do it. Do, do you think sometimes, I saw there was a criticism about oversimplifying women coaching and the, and the sense that sometimes you do have to understand the layers to it. Do you think that's a, do you think that's a fair comment or do you, do you generally think if you have a, a strong belief that most things can be simplified, it, it, it does normally pass through? Um. That's a really good question. I've not actually heard that before, but I can see that some people think that, you know, if it's too simple, it's not going to work. Well, it, I think the, the criticism is, sorry, it's got your yeah, no, but please. the criticism is it doesn't necessarily address the point. So I think a good example was there was this, this executive coach who essentially was coaching someone, a, a big VP in a, in, a, in a brokerage, and they did the whole simplifying approach, which I think is great for a lot of people, but in the end, that actually worked works quite negatively negatively for this person and he ended up embezzling money and all this sort of thing now I know that's a, probably a rare case <laughs> but, but my point my point would be is is there is complexity to people's psychology and that almost kind of leads me back to the point about when there is a need to recognize if it's appropriate for, for a coach or, or, or a psychotherapist so that's what I mean by that I, I I honestly think it's about the results like do you what like focusing on will the process get you to the results mm-hmm. that's also you know uh what I, I guess, you know, you decide when you work with a coach, it's like people don't sign up for the process too much. They sign up for, will they get me to where I want to go? So as long as the approach works to get you to the results, I guess it depends on the situation. So, so nine times out of ten, you think simplification is, is, is always the best way? <sighs> Again, if it, if it gets you the results, if there's missing steps, of course not. Then you know, then it's too not too simple, but there is something missing. There's a, there's a layer or something missing yeah. that you haven't paid attention mm-hmm. to. Because I know that in my in my academy, um, I've you know I've had the the complex version of the Confidence Academy, but I've spent the last year simplifying it, cutting down the videos to like, here's the content, here are the action steps, execution to like twenty minute videos rather than hours and hours of content, you know. Mm-hmm. But I know now that you know if I'd cut one of the videos. They might miss, you know, I don't know, something about like specific uh, cost and consequences of niche marketing and messaging. You know, that's an important factor. It's just a five minute video and that video is important. So getting more to the point and focusing on the outcome and rearranging. I have this thing called sticky note approach and you just like put all these things on sticky notes and you kind of see, you know, if you remove one, it's like playing Jenga, you know, you like like, pull one out and then is it going to fall or not? I almost do that in, in my my bedroom there's just, there's, just, there's just a ton of them like, yes i've got that one yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there you okay. go so talk to us a bit about your course and and if you don't mind me saying I, i'm not against it at all that but some people in, in when they're criticizing the course world they said well how can this person justify x amount whatever it may be yeah uh, to, what, what happens in your course and what why do you feel there's a justification to charge hundreds of pounds which i think is nothing compared to what some people do but and, and pro- you're probably quite, uh, you know, well valued the right way, but just a bit more elab- elaboration on that. Yeah, and that's a good point, actually. So I think it's important to put into relationship um, by pricing um, your course according accordingly to the outcome that they're going to get of how much that is actually going to impact them, valued at what price. Um, so which I think is important. So some coaches obviously don't really understand that and they just price it at X amount. It is important to have a reasoning behind it and really get your clients that kind of value. 
So, for example, uh, in terms of pricing, um, you know, if my clients, well, when my clients get 10K a month profit every single month, that's like 120K a year minimum. That's the goal, right? Sure, it makes sense to invest a couple of thousand, right? If they know almost guaranteed they're going to get the results, mm -hmm. right? So that's, that's just an idea. We did pivot as well. We did give some offers out because of the coronavirus mm -hmm. um, and helping and aiding. Um, even at this stage, we're still... What, what you mean, just cheaper um, in, yeah. intro versions of... Elements, like, elements of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've we've tried to pivot to the way where they still get some support, but we're not weekly, we're going bi-weekly. Still giving them that level of support and content and a lot of more free value. Uh, for example, I have a free group on Facebook uh, for female coaches, consultants. Today I'm actually going live. Um, it is cool. Halloween's coming up, so it's uh, yeah, yeah. how to stop scaring your clients with bad marketing. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> so, you know, I always like to have fun with it, but entertaining them, because I think it's a, an important part to realize marketing can be fun, mm -hmm. but giving them valuable insights of tangible stuff they can do on their own. So in terms of the Confident Boss Academy, the way it's structured is that it's right now it's six modules. Again, like I said, I'm a big fan of improvement and growing. I will let clients run through it. Then I will um, assess because your clients are giving, giving you your best feedback. And I'll ask them. I'll measure the results because what gets measured gets improved. you got to see what results are they getting. How can we improve that? Mm. And what more support or less support do they need? Um, you know, just to piggyback on the less or more. Do mm. they need more? Do they need less? Is it confusing or is it just the right amount? Um, and basically what we do is we take them from scratch of understanding um, what their specific um, passion is, what, how can they niche it and make it profitable as well, because, you know, it has to be a bleeding neck problem in the industry, especially now during the you know economic crisis or pandemic or in general, it has to be a must have rather than, um, you know, just a nice to have type of niche of actually helping your true, clients. True human value, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and creating that necessity type of offer, then allowing them to create the actual offer. I help them even with that. So even if it's a newbie coach, um, it's actually a good question. One of my, one of my clients before, um, she started her business at the beginning of the pandemic mm -hmm. and she didn't have a coaching certification, but she herself has overcome trauma. And her name is Fiona. So Fiona is Hi, actually... Fiona. <laughs> Hi, Fiona, if you're listening to this, sweetie. You <laughs> she will, actually found me on my podcast. So it's quite funny oh, really? that I'm okay, mentioning cool, on cool, here. Cool. And she um, and her husband thought about this a long time because they didn't have the money. They didn't know how to invest. They had to get a loan to invest. So mm -hmm. she didn't have a coaching certification. She was doing a part-time job, which got cut because of the pandemic. And she didn't have the money to invest. But she made it happen, right? She found the resources put the time in, invested into it. And now she made within the first three weeks, she made 6,000 pounds from scratch. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a following, didn't have anything, no social media presence, nothing. She hasn't even coached before, but her clients are now getting the best results because she's so invested because she has proven to already gotten the results for herself and also has helped other friends with it. And we have a system for that too. So that's why I say, you know, we help clients from scratch, even if they're just started out and then really build the whole package of creating their raving fan community, their marketing, their messaging, their omnipresence online, and also help them. I mean, I even give my own personal sales script for, for high ticket sales of creating like a 2K course for, for my clients. Mm -hmm. um, so they get to build their own 2K course and get my sales script and my ways of getting clients and Everything that I know, I will always teach. I'm very transparent. I'm like, hey, this absolutely did not work. Do not try this. Or I'll tell them this really worked. Here's the template. Try it on your own. Make it your own. You can model it because that's how we learn, right? We model it. 
Um, and then essentially, we also have another program, which is the Conf Boss Academy Pro, where it's like they're already making 10K and they want to scale with ads, with funnels. And they have my marketing team, my experts as well to aiding them on a high and another level as well to then, you know, 30, 40K. I've had one client, uh, Minna, she's um, in Finland and she just had a 60K launch which is awesome. And she helps um, women invest and create financial abundance. When you say 60K, 60K launch, what? 60,000 um, made in sales in one launch. Oh, right. Okay, I see. So from one launch online. So she's doing really well. Yeah, not bad. Um, do you worry about the quality of what people are selling? So that's a tough one, of course, you know, because we do, we do want to ask them um you know uh, do they feel that they're an expert in the field what do they what do they what 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 are they thinking about putting out there and obviously i have a module on teaching them how to create a transformative course so i do teach them how to create and craft a good transformational offer so i'm doing my best to do that of course so that's that's all i can do right i can't control beyond that that's why i wonder if there needs to be some sort of regulation within the coaching industry or just more qualifications beyond I know the certificate is yeah. good but do you now considering you've done that do you, do you feel that's enough really like if you're really honest with it do you think there needs to be another level of regulation or qualification so, I mean there's so many different right, um, certifications right now mm-hmm. you know there's like Udemy 25 bucks type of um, certifications I've done a full entire year with three different live modules and you know, that's whole different than I have my bachelor for international business, my languages bachelors, then I have my master's for a second. So I do have a lot of those things. But I think what really helped me the most was actually trying it my own business of seeing the facts. Look, here are the numbers. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. And then, you know, if you're not the expert, but you have a great idea, you can always bring in an expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can always, you know, find the resources. You can collaborate with somebody who's already doing great in the industry and then bring them on. Um, a, a friend of mine, he actually, um, he actually partnered, um, and, and he's selling, um, his friend's course, but he's also in the marketing. I think, you know, who I'm talking about, um, so you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a, it's a way of, of finding the resources. Jasmine, what's Jasmine? What is your favorite book? Um, oh, my favorite book right now, Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> I was expecting about some big personal growth book, no. but Harry Potter. Okay, fine. Good, 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 good. But, but, no, that's, that, no, that's absolutely fine. But obviously you'd assume being I a coach is like... Thinking rich. Yep, um, I, okay, so... No, 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 but good. Harry Potter's great. We can okay, leave it there. Good. Or you can, you can go to, into another one if you'd like. Well, I mean, there's or, always... Or maybe you're the most helpful book. How about that? What book have you found the most helpful in regards to... Learning. I can't just give you a simple answer. You know, it's you not that simple. Make, it's not it's, supposed to be simple. Okay, good. So I think it depends which stage in life you're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends what type of book you read. I'm obviously big into personal development books. Rocker. Mm-hmm. Um, no so way. <laughs> can't even leave. <laughs> no that <guy>. way. <laughs> so it's 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 just about what what do I want to learn about, and then I'll find a book accordingly. So okay. it really depends on which stage of my life. And I'm no, in. no real standout ones, especially in the early days. Um, I think I'm really rich. By Napoleon Hill. That's like Nothing the typical that. one. You, you know, like that's cliche. Is it cliche? It is cliche. That's why I don't want to say it. But it is. It is a good. Book. It's right to be cliche, guys. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. Who or what is your biggest inspiration in life? Oh, you, you see, I don't like generalizing things. I think that's the thing. I don't have just one answer for these things because I'm such you a can have as many complex as person. So obviously. Uh, my family, for sure. Uh, my mom comes from um, a very 
poor background in Romania. I'm half Romanian. That's probably mm-hmm. where my Eastern European fire comes from. My dad was German, so German, you know, putting things together. Um, but um, both my mom and my dad, both my mom and dad, they both started from scratch. Um, my mom actually flee the, flew the country with 18 years old without a passport from Ceausescu um, because of the political situation. Both of them started from ground up. My dad also didn't have anything. He started with... Um, in a wheelbarrow uh, selling coal to his um, village. Then he got a horse. Then he got um, um, a cart with a horse. And then he started selling, you know, like really like from ground up. And then they built um, a real estate empire, which is obviously why I had all this pressure on becoming big in the real estate industry and corporates and making my family proud. But I think it's just so beautiful to see that kind of work ethic. So I think our... Our big inspiration um, tend to be our family um, or actually what has impacted us. And then on the inspiration side, I like people like um, Sarah Blakely. She's incredible. Sarah Blakey, she's, she's awesome. That is, From Spanx, like, feel... first made. Oh, yes, yes, I do. Um, I yeah, yeah. She's awesome. I love that, you know, I listened to um, her uh, live interview as well. And she actually... She actually, you know, was sharing on like how she started with Spanx and she would go into all the shop floors herself and like put the little, um, put her, who's, who's hosieries? How do I say that? Hosieries? You know, the, the Spanx, the leggings? I'm, I I'll be honest, I'm not, very, I'm not very knowledgeable on Spanx, if I'm honest. You should know about this. <laughs> I do, but I don't want the public to know about it. Okay, got it. I got you. So, yeah, it's just pretending. Um, so she basically went in store on the shop floors and was selling these things. You know, she was selling her own, you know, products until they became successful and was like recruiting people and telling people, like, go ahead and buy them. She, you know, she did it herself. Oh, and so in the entrepreneurial and sort of work ethic sense, you really, really admire what she's done. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think we'll conclude at that. Okay. Jasmine, thank you so much for being here. It was fabulous. Combining colliding ideas was fantastic. Thank you thank so you much, much for should, having should, me. Should we high five? Thank you for all the questions. They were really, really good. I really, really enjoyed them, honestly, because I think it's important to not ask boring questions. And I always love when people challenge you on ideas. And it's, you know, when when the pink elephant in the room gets addressed is what's actually the interesting stuff. So thanks for doing this. And thanks for listening. My pleasure. Yay. (laughs) Well done.